Tell your neighbor, giving is worship. Say it one more time. Say it like you truly mean it. So today we want you to worship God with your giving. I do not want you to approach it with a casual attitude. I want you to approach it in faith. Everyone say faith. Go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 4. And I'm going to show you in the word of God. The first time that men built an altar to God. They built an altar to God and they brought their sacrifice to God. And just don't forget this was right after the fall of Adam. Genesis chapter 4 and we're going to start reading from verse number 1. If you have found it say amen. amen. Now Adam knew Eve's wife and she conceived and bore Cain. That was a Cain. So we see that Cain is the firstborn. That was the firstborn. So, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Everyone say Abel. Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Everyone say they, had, they both had a job. Watch, watch this. It says uh, Abel was a keeper of sheep, so Abel had a job. And Cain was a tiller of the ground. So Cain and Abel were working. You worship God with what you get from your work. Praise God. You worship God with what you get from your work. Work is good. The Bible supports working. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Working is a good thing. It's good to work. It's good not to sit idly by and do nothing. And expect angels to visit you at home and bring you a box of, of lira. Or a bag of gold. You get to the door of your house. There is a bag of gold sitting in front of the door of your house. And it was brought by an angel. No, God does not work that way. Amen. God wants you to work. That's why the Bible says God will bless the work of your hands. God will bless the work of your hands. So if God will bless the work of your hands, your hands must be working then. So you've got to work because that is what God will bless. The work of your hands. The work of your hands. It's so encouraging to see people go out every day and work. It's good. It's good. And when you work, work hard. Work hard and put in your best. God does not bless laziness. The Bible says, let him that stole, let him steal no more. But let him work. Let him do what? Let him work. Some people steal from others. They're lazy about it. And then they want you to pay their bills. They're lazy about and then they want you to feed them. They're lazy about, they do nothing, and they are lead. Somebody asked the question when we had the singles night on Friday, what do I do when a friend of mine just wants to take advantage of me? 
And there are people like that. The only time you hear from them is when they need help. And that's terrible. So the question was asked. And I, I, told, I told the person, I said, what you need to do with people like that is to cut them off. Cut them off. Pastor Godwell, that is too harsh. No, that is not too harsh. They are taking advantage of you. If the only time they call you, if the only time they talk to you, if the only time they visit you is when they need money from you, those are not friends. That's a parasite. Cut people like that off. You don't need them in your life. Come on now, say amen. amen. Go get a job and work. Go and get a job and work. I mean, I've heard over the years. I mean, I've been in this country now for many years by the grace of God. And I've heard many. I've heard stories of people who said, I'm not going to work. I won't work. I will not work. Well, if you won't work, you will not eat. The Bible says, let him that does not work, not eat. If you don't work, you're not going to eat. That's the word of God. So you've got to get a job. Oh, Pastor God, oh, I started medicine in my country, and now I'm in Turkey. I cannot practice what I started. Then go find this, a menial job and work. You've got to put your hands to work right now because what you do right now will give God the, the opportunity in your life to bless you. The Bible says, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Come on, why, do, why does the Bible say don't despise small days? Because big days are coming. Yes, today it might be small. Today what you're doing might not be fetching you much. But I'm here to tell you that your job is not designed to feed you. Your job is designed to provide you seed to sow because God is the one that feeds you. Amen. That amen is very weak. Amen. I say your job does not feed you. Stop relying on your job. Stop relying on your business. The Bible says, woe is he that puts his trust in the arm of the flesh. But blessed is he that trusts in the Lord. So learn to trust God because what I've observed also is God will bless you through other means. If you are a giver, you will discover that your job is not your source. The Bible does not say God will supply all your needs according to what your boss pays you. God will supply all your needs because you have a business. No, God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So he is the supplier. Come on now, say amen. amen. God is able to make all grace. Not your boss. Not your job. Not your job. Not your boss. Not what you do. You've got to do what you do, but it is God that blesses the work that you do. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah? So these men were working. These men were working. So if you're sitting here this morning and you don't have a job, I want to encourage you today to go out tomorrow and find a job. It's getting very quiet now. Go out tomorrow, find a job. Find a job. When we just came to the country, we were told, walk around, especially in the Karakoi area, go, go around and just ask. You, open, you, you ring the bell, they open the door, you ask this question, Ish Varma. 
That's what we were told to do. That's what we were told to do. Ring the bell. The, 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 the owner of the company comes to the door and you ask him, because we did not speak Turkish at the time, but we were giving the right orientation, just ask this question, Ish. Uh-huh. So just ask that question and the boss will decide whether there is job or not. And I did. I went with a friend of mine. We walked out, we went to Karakoy, and as we were walking from one place to another, in the morning, early in the morning, work starts early in the morning. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Work starts early in the morning. And some of you came to the West and you became lazy. I'm talking to some Africans here right now. Amen. You know when we woke up in the morning in Africa, 4 a.m. Yes. This is true. 4 a.m. we were wide awake. 5 a.m. we were wide awake. You come over here and you sleep till 1 p.m. And people wonder why they are broke. God does not bless laziness. And everyone say amen. amen. When did you wake up in Kenya? When you lived in Kenya? What time did you wake up in the morning? 5 a.m. 4 a.m. Oh, I grew up seeing my dad wake up like 4 a.m. We were waking up and my dad was getting ready to go to work. And people come over here and they become lazy. And they sleep and snore. <laughs> and have all kinds of crazy dreams and come here and ask me, what is the meaning of my dream? What's the meaning of your dream? <laughs> you're having some of those dreams because you're sleeping too much. If you don't sleep too much, the enemy will not have the opportunity to give you stupid dreams. I saw a frog jumping out of the Bosphorus. And he jumped out and, and was, was hopping on, on, on this street. Pastor Godwell, what does that mean? Is there any spiritual, spiritual interpretation to the frogs that jumped out of the Bosphorus? Well, I have, a, I have an interpretation for you. You're sleeping too much. Stop sleeping too much. It's time to wake up early in the morning and get busy. Because God will bless the work of your hands. Can someone shout hallelujah? The Bible says, see a man who is diligent at what he does. He shall stand before kings, not before ordinary men. So if you are diligent and you're hardworking and you're working smart, God will bless that work. Amen. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. God blesses you when you work hard. Amen. God blesses you when you put your hands to work. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, when I say it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I need to qualify that. When I say it doesn't matter what, it, what you do, I, I mean doing the right job. I mean, it doesn't matter the, the kind of job you do. As long as you are doing an honest job. Come on us, not illegal job. Not illegal work. Not swindling. Not bank stuff. Internet fraud. God does not bless that. God frowns at that. God hates that. I'm preaching good now. Say amen. amen. Praise God. Watch verse number 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. What did Cain bring to the Lord? An offering. Everyone say an offering. An offering. So Cain brought an offering to God from the work he has done. Cain brought God an offering from the work that he has done. Right? From the fruit of the ground, he brought an offering to God. 
So we know that Cain was a farmer. So he brought to God the crops that he got from the seeds that he sowed. Is that correct? So he brought to God an offering. That must, listen, I believe Adam must have taught them the importance of worshiping God with your finance or with your material blessing. Because in this case, we know that the things that he brought to God were not spiritual. He wasn't giving God something spiritual. He wasn't giving God something that is intangible. He was giving God something that is tangible. Something you can touch. The crops. The harvest. That he got. That is what he worshipped God with. So you worship God with what you get from your place of work. Come on now, say amen. amen. That's what you worship God with from the fruit of the ground, he brought an offering to God. Verse 4 says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. So Abel also brought an offering. But here's the difference. Abel's offering was special. Cain's offering was normal. Because if you notice the adjectives used in qualifying Abel's offering, it would just shock you. Let's read that again. Verse 4, Abel brought of the firstborn. That was the firstborn. So we see that the adjective that's used in qualifying Abel's offering, first, not second, not the last. Can you see that? What that means is that Abel understood the place of God in his life. Abel understood God is first. God is in second. So if God is first, I will give him the first. That's a good place to shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now if God was second or if God was fifth, that is what Abel would have done. But God is not fifth or sixth. God is first. He is Alpha and Omega. Come on now, say Amen. He is the beginning and the ending. Now, if you have a revelation of God's place in your life, it will determine the way you give. Write that down. Put it on Instagram. Because a lot of people do not have a revelation. Revelation must be the foundation of our giving. Because when we have a revelation of who God is and who He is in our lives, that would determine how we give. I was talking to somebody a week or two weeks ago, and I said to him, if you come to me with a gift, would you come to me with five lira? He looked at me. He said, no. I said, why would you not come to me with five lira? We came to the conclusion that because you have high regard for me. Now if five lira is all you, you have. If that's your level. That's different. But if you want to come to me with an offering. With a gift. You will, you will have to think through that. Before you bring it. Now I'm, I'm human. I'm a human. But you don't want to come to me with a five lira watch. You would, not, you would not do that. 
I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you understand God's worth. You will not come to me with a five lira, five dollar watch. You will not do that, would you? <laughs> the reason you would not do that is because of the respect. The respect, the honor. The honor, the respect. This is what the man told me. He said to me, I've been wanting to bring you an offering. And I thought to myself, it is too small. And it was $300. That's what he, that's what he told. That's what he said. He said, I've been wanting to bring you a seed, but all I had was $300, and I felt it was too small. I wanted to come to a certain level before I bring it. You're dealing with a man. And you have that revelation, which is a great revelation, by the way. If we can only think about God like this, it will change our approach, our worship, our behavior. It will change the way we treat God. It will change our commitment to God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of God will affect every area of your life. Because when you fear God, God gives you his wisdom and it affects everything about you. Amen. The fear of God will... Require and produce commitment at a certain level that you wouldn't have given to God if you didn't have the fear of God. You're dealing with a man and you have that kind of concept. You have that kind of mentality. You couldn't come to me with $300 because you thought it was too small. And so you waited and waited and waited and waited and waited until you increased the money before you would come to give it to a man Praise God, I'm an anointed man. I'm not taking away from that. But I am nothing without God. Now, if you come to me with this mentality, then how do you come to the one who owns the whole world? How do you come to the one who owns your life? How do you come to the one who, if he snaps his finger like this, you're finished? Or if he snaps his finger like this, the whole world will come favoring you. How do you treat this one? You see, if you think about it, it's the way we treat God. And the way we treat God depends on the revelation we have. I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. The way we treat God depends on the revelation we have of God. If we don't have a solid revelation of God, we don't have the fear of God. And if we don't have that, we will treat God in a shabby manner. I told you when, when I came up here, I said the church is going to fill out. Did I not tell you that? Yes, sir. But we start the service in many cases with one third of the people. Where are two thirds? Taking their time. No, really, think about it. I'm talking about some very important things because we want God to put us first. But if we don't put Him first, I'm sorry. We want God to. Give us the best, but we don't treat God as the best. Come on, I'm preaching good. We want God to 
take care of our business, but do you take care of God's business? I told you the service is going to fill up. And I'm not surprised to see a couple of people walking before the service is over today. I'm not surprised. Because this is what happens. This shows the depth of revelation, the depth of understanding, and the value system that people have. I'll just be looking at people in the front because you came early. So, so that nobody thinks I'm talking to them. But really, I'm not going to be... Listen, I'm not going to be... Afraid of telling the truth from the pulpit. Enough of coming into the church one hour late. Enough of coming into the house of God 30 minutes late. Enough. Get rid of that once and for all. And if, you don't, if you're not happy with me today because I'm preaching the truth, I have no apologies. Enough of that. Enough of that. This is the reason why many are not rising up in God's ultimate purpose. Why? Because the way you, the, the Bible even says, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. If you treat, if I want to treat, if I want Jenk to treat me well, I have to treat Jenk well. Now take Jenk out of the picture. If I want God to treat me well, I have to treat God well. Why do we treat God as if he doesn't care? Or as if he doesn't matter? Strolling. I'm too busy. Yeah, you're too busy. I see how busy you are. But we have a God who is busy looking after 7.5 billion people on the planet. And he makes his rain to fall on everyone. And he provides for everybody. And he's good to all. And he wants the salvation of all. This is the God you and I serve. This is the God that brought you out of sin. This is the God that brought you out of bondage. This is the God that filled you with his spirit. This is the God that washed you with the blood of his son. Do you think it was easy for Jesus to leave the glories of heaven and come to dusty earth, put on human flesh, and walked the earth for 33 and a half years and died on the cross of Calvary? Do you think it was easy? Why do we take salvation for granted? Why do we take the things of God for granted? Why? Why is it that the house of God comes last? Oh my God, it's getting awfully quiet in this place. These are not the things that I plan to say, but I've got to say them. And if these are the things you need to hear, then you need to hear them. Yeah. It's time to take our worship to a whole new level. Yeah. It's time to take our commitment to a whole new level. Yeah. Enough of treating God and the house of God as secondary. It's time to treat God and the things of God as primary. Because yeah. if you put God first, God will put you first. Praise God. Amen. This message sounds like a rebuke. Yeah, but that's what the Bible says. Rebuke, reproof, and exhort. So many times it's just exhortation, exhortation, exhortation. There is no rebuke. There is no reproof. Look at Abel's offering. He gave the first. I believe God is first. And when I worship God, I treat God in that manner. God is first. He takes first place. He's first in everything. He should be first. This is Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. Is that correct? So we give God the first day of the week. And when you give God the first, the rest is blessed. 
Oh my God, I just imagine God walking into your house casually. You've been praying and praying. I mean, how many people, how many Christians scattered all over the world? Upset with God because God delayed. They say God delayed. God never delays. But a lot of times it's your attitude that affects your receiving. Your attitude affects your receiving. You wonder why the delay. Why are you wondering why God delays when you also delay in the things of God? <sighs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We don't emphasize that. We emphasize B. And all these things. Oh, hallelujah. All these things shall be added. No, it does not say all these things shall be added. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. So you can expect addition of all these things if you are not putting God first. So here is the title of my message. God is first. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God is first. God is first. God is. Stop treating God like your servant. Stop treating the house of God like it is. I want to use this word in. Yeah. Stop treating God's house like it's a shack. Treat God's house with respect. No wonder God speaking through the prophet. He says, you guys are busy running around doing your own business. You live in your paneled houses. But look, look at my house. Look at, look, look at my house. It lies in ruins. So because of the way you treat my stuff, my house, the things concerning the worship of, of, my, the worship of my people to me, the way you treat me has affected even your harvest. You work hard, you bring in your harvest, and you discover that you don't even have enough to eat. You put in your pocket, and your pocket have got holes. And your money is running all over the place and disappearing. You eat, you're not satisfied. Why? Because you have left my house in ruins. Now go out into the forest and cut down trees. And bring them here and build my house. And then, when you do that, God says it's going to favor you. Come on now, say amen. amen. God's going to favor you when you take the business of God seriously. There are so many things that we do. Not just financial giving, but even when it comes to winning souls. How many people did you bring to church today? I just come here by myself. I brought, I brought me, myself, and I. Because <laughs> when it comes to building the church, we're not talking about just building the four walls of a church. Let's go build a new building. No, it's build, the church is people. Because the church can worship under a tree. It is still the church. Are you listening to me? The church is not the walls. The church is people. So if I'm about my father's business, Jen, can you come? If I'm about my father's business, I'm about my father's business. God's business is people. It's getting very quiet in this house. God's business is people. 
people is what God wants. They are God's number one asset. Why did Jesus come from heaven to earth? For the gold? For the silver? No, for the people. For God so loved the world that he gave. The world does not mean the trees, the galaxies, the lions in, in, in the safari. It means people. So if God came for people, then I must also go for people. This is building God's house. Come on now, say amen. amen. So I've got to bring somebody to his house. Hey, we, we're going to church. Yeah. Okay, I'll come by your house and pick you up. Okay. What time do you wake up? Seven. Seven. Okay. The service starts. <laughs> the service starts at eleven. So I will swing by your house. I'll pick you up at ten. Okay. So get ready. So we go. And I take him. I do what? I take him. Hey, bro, let's go. I take him by the hand, and I bring him to the house of God. And when I do that. It means I am like Jesus. Because what did Jesus say? I must do the works of him that sent me. Now that it is day. Because the time is coming when no man can work. Welcome. So now he's in the house of God. But he's new. So I'm going to spend more time. That's why the Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Creation. That's our job. That's our response. Now I'm talking about worshiping God right now. If you think about it, putting God first means putting the things of God first. That's what it means. Putting God first means treating God as first. Putting God first means treating the house of God as first. Putting God first means you wake up. You wake up in the morning, when it is Sunday morning, you wake up early to go to the house of God because you have an appointment with the creator of the heavens and the earth. You can't have an appointment with a president and come in late. You cannot. You cannot. They wouldn't let you come in. You're coming late to see the president of your country. You're coming late to the office of an ambassador. You're coming late to the office of a very VIP. You wouldn't come in. You wouldn't be let into the office. But you want to see a VIP? You're coming and wait. You wait until he comes. You wait until he comes. And they'll tell you what the protocol is. That was a protocol. You're coming, you sit, you wait. You're coming, you sit, you wait. And if you have to wait for one hour, you wait for one hour. If you have to wait for two, you're going to wait. This is a VIP. The King of Kings is the one we've come to see today. I said the King of Kings is the one we've come to see today. The Lord of Lords is the one we've come to see today. Many years ago. I called a young man because I noticed he wasn't in church on Sunday. So at the time, I used to make the phone calls. So when I looked out in the congregation and I did not see some people, the next day I'll call them. Hey, I didn't see you in church the previous day, which was yesterday, Sunday. And uh, he said to me, oh, pastor, I did not come because I did not have transport money. 
boss money. I said, where do you live? He said, I live in Aksarai. Aksarai. You live in Aksarai? Right there. Are you serious? Then I posed the question. I said, what if, listen to the question I posed and listen to the guy's answer. I said, what if I had asked you to come pick up $100 that day? Would you have come? He said, yes, Pastor, I would have come. How would he have come? He would have trekked. He would have walked down to pick up $100. Because people's value system is a mess. When, when, when your value system is putting other things ahead of God, your value system is, is twisted. May God help us change and repent. Amen. I said, may God help us change. I'm telling you, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm just feeling the way the Holy Ghost feels today. Maybe that's why I'm preaching this message today. Because this is not what I plan to preach. But I think I'm just preaching how the Holy Ghost feels today. There has to be repentance. There has to be repentance. Amen. We wake up in the morning anytime we want. We know the service is at 11, but we wake up at 10. And we do all our stuff. And then we start dragging ourselves to church. And then we say, oh, there is traffic. Of course there was going to be traffic. Didn't you know there was going to be traffic? The way you treat God is the way you'll be treated. It's not a shouting service today. It's not a shouting service, but this is the kind of service that will impact your life forever. Amen. This is the kind of service that will change you. This is the kind of service that will build repentance, that will bring about repentance and commitment to the things of God. Amen. And those that are going to serve God will serve Him with a full heart. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Give me your heart. God is after the hearts of people. I think I just feel the way the Holy Ghost feels. This has to stop. It has to stop. Because worship must be a lifestyle. Worship must. Some of you even miss the praise and worship. I'm, I'm, this is Sunday morning. I'm a pastor. I'm dealing with stuff here. Amen. Praise God. I'm not up here to tell you, God's going to bless you with a million dollars tomorrow. I'm sorry I'm not saying that today. Because God is not going to bless you with a million dollars with this kind of attitude that some people have. Because if God gave some people a million dollars, they will not come to church again. <laughs> people wonder why we preach on giving a lot. We preach on giving not to get the money from you. We preach on giving so that your heart is changed. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your treasure is, where that which you value is, that's where your heart will be. But if your heart is, your treasure is not in the house of God, how will you be faithful and committed to God? Oh my God, messages like this needs to be heard. Messages like this must be preached. This is not, this, this is not a club. This is the house of God. Come on now, say Amen. Praise the Lord. But a Desmond, was it last week when he testified? I know he heard that from me, but I was blessed by it when he said it. When he was testifying, he said, 
He said when the Israelites, was it on Sunday? When the Israelites were in the bondage in, in bondage in Egypt, under Pharaoh, God sent Moses, and God said to Moses, go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And what happened? Moses goes to Egypt and says to Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, let my people go, that they might do what? Worship me. What did Pharaoh do the moment he heard they wanted to go worship God? He gave them more job. He gave them more work. He said, don't give them straw to make bricks. So that they do not have time to think about worshiping God. I want them to be so busy looking for straw to make bricks. So that they will not even think about going to worship God. And that is the strategy of the devil today. Because Pharaoh in prophetic language is symbolic to the devil. Symbolic to the devil. There is no better time in the history of the church where believers need to give God everything. No better time. The World Economic Forum, are, I mean, it's already attacking the church, telling us not to preach on healing and not to preach on prosperity. There is no better time to serve God with a full heart than this day and this time. We live in the last seconds of the last days. This is not a time to play religious games any longer. This is not a time to think you are doing God a favor. God did you a favor. You came from nothing. You had nothing. Many of us were broke. Many of us were broke, busted, disgusted. But God came and reached down to us and helped us. Did not just deliver us from sin, but also blessed us. We can, we can lift our hands today and we can shout and we can say that God has been good to us because we have listened to this message and this message has changed our lives. Amen. But let's not, let's not be too blessed we forget the one who blessed us. I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8. Go there with me. Oh my goodness. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because this is the problem. People get blessed and they forget God. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you were. Don't forget how we touched you. Don't forget how we brought you out of bondage. Don't forget how he has blessed you. Don't forget that. Because this is what they were warned not to do. Have you found the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8? Look at from verse 7. For the Lord your God... Bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. So that's the plan of God for you. Tell your neighbor that's the plan of God for my life. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. Watch this, watch this. Verse 10. When thou hast eating and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he had given thee. Beware. That thou forget not the Lord thy God. This is the problem. Don't forget. 
Don't forget how he brought you through. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments. Serve the Lord with a full heart. Go to church. Do it well. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. Pastor God is angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm very blessed. Amen. And I'm very happy. Amen. But I'm preaching the truth here. Amen. Is this helping anybody today? Yes. Or maybe I'm talking to myself. If you think so. No, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. And I'm talking to myself also because we all have to step up our game, man. Yeah. All of us. All of us, from the pulpit to the pews. All of us must step up our game. Don't take God for granted. Don't take the things of God lightly. Come on, say amen. amen. Just yesterday, I was with the worship team members and we were talking, just having fun and sharing in the multi-purpose room after their rehearsal. And, and Irene raised up a subject concerning Bienvenue. And I, I remember that very, that, that very incident. Bienvenue was sitting right here. I think it was the third service of the day. He had been in the English service at 11, the Turkish service at 3, and this was the French service. We start at 6.30 p.m. and we finish around 9 p.m. And the man was playing. I could see he was tired. I could see he was tired. The man was so tired he almost wanted to sleep, <laughs> sleep on the keyboard. And we joked with that yesterday, but I said, yes, I saw the man. And I felt sorry for him. But you know what? That kind of commitment would get God's attention. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now. But hey, bienvenue. But when the Lord blesses you, when the harvest begins to come, don't stop doing what you've done. Because what brought you to where you are today is what's going to keep you. This is why many decline. They put in effort, they're pressing, they do all it takes, and then they get a breakthrough and they pull back. No, what gave you the breakthrough is going to keep you breaking through. Amen. So don't, don't ever get to the place where you say, oh, I, I, I'm not. No, no, no. We've got, we've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep pressing. We are not going to back off or back down and become lazy and start taking the things of God with a nonchalant attitude. Never. Not on my watch as your pastor. It's not going to happen. I'm going to heat up this place. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. We shall worship God. We shall come on time. Amen. We shall stand doing praise and worship. Amen. Not some people sitting down doing praise and worship. You are too big to, to stand up. What's going on? You're going to get up on your feet. You're going to lift up your hands. You're going to worship. I'm a pastor. I'm speaking with authority. I don't know the church you've gone to. Maybe your pastor, your former pastor don't talk like this. You've come to the right place. Welcome. <laughs> I speak with, I have, so, I have a spine. Okay? I'm not a spineless preacher. Come on now, say amen. amen. People don't like to be corrected. You bring a word of rebuke or reproof. Oh, that pastor is too hard. I'm, I'll never go to that church. And that's the door. But you want to truly serve God? You want to truly change? You want God to truly use you? Now, there, there are people serving the devil. Think about how they serve the devil. With, with a full heart. Totally sold out. Yeah. To totally, totally full of demons. 
People are going for more powers to serve the devil. Danced through, through the night to the morning. You, you, some of you, most of you here are Africans. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you can relate, relate with what I'm talking about. Because people that want spiritual power, they do stuff for it. It does not just fall on your laps. You want to be, you want to be able to tell people, hey, don't go there. And they'll, they will do it. They'll do what you tell them to do. Give me your money, they'll give you. There are pastors, ministers that are even getting demonic powers to preach. That's why the Bible talks about lying signs and wonders. Deception. And they said people who come late, they sleep in the service. What's, what's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? We were, in, we were, remember that service? The youth service we went to on, uh, what day was that again? Thursday? They had several people. If you sleep, they, they push you. You remember? I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't know. Jank, Jank said to me, look, that guy, his job is to wake up the sleeper. Yeah. And I saw him. When you sleep, he comes to massage you. Yeah. And wake you up. We oh, In the church that I came from, from in Lagos, we had sticks. Yeah. <laughs> An usher with a stick. <laughs> you laugh, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's true. Is it the same in the Philippines? No, you guys don't have that in the Philippines. Uh, you do. We have it in Africa. Where I came from, the place, the church I came from, I think they've gone past that level now. They don't do that anymore, probably. I don't know because I've never been to that particular church for a long time. But, you know, you know to worship with them on a, you know. But the, the guy, they wake. So if you see the guy standing with a stick, you wouldn't even sleep. <laughs> but on Thursday, Thursday, right? I saw several people. It was when you called my attention to it that I noticed, oh, there, are, there were several people in the meeting. And they had about 600 people in the meeting. 600, right? You were there too. Yeah. They had about 600 people in the meeting. And it was a marathon. That was a marathon. Not a lazy man's meeting. Right? If, is that one of the things I observed was the, 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 the resilience. This was not a lazy man's service. They were there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wake up in the morning and start. Till around 11 p.m. Lunch break, dinner. But how many minutes did they tell us lunch break was 30 minutes? Right? They said 30 minutes. 30 minutes, go out, eat, come back. The first, uh, no, dinner was this. In actual fact, we got there for, before the lunch break. So we were at the lunch uh, place, and then here comes a guy say, go in now. Services, basically food is over. It's time to go back into the sanctuary.
When you, when you commit to God like that, see what God will do. Just see what God will do for you. Come on now, say amen. amen. Verse 10, when thou art eating and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he had given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou art eating and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up. You know what that means? That's pride. That's pride. If you don't treat God's things with respect, it means you are treating God's things with a prideful heart. You fear God, you go to church early. You fear God, you, you do the things that will promote the kingdom of God. Come on now, I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. Your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord thy God, who, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions, and who brought thee, uh, brought, uh, and drought where there was no water. Who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint? So he just gives a list of the things that God has done for them. And says, don't forget, this is the God that has done all these things for you. So treat this God with reverence and respect. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Lift your two hands to the Lord. Something has to change. Something needs to change. And this is not everybody. I know this is not everybody. I mean, I know there are people that are committed, faithful, consistently serving God. But this has to change. If this message fits you, then, then please, make that change right now. Make that change right now. Make that adjustment right now. Brother, Brother, Brother Hagin told the story. He said, the Lord told him to resign his place at the, at the church that he was pastoring. And the Lord said, I want you to travel and do revivals. And he resigned his office at the church and began to travel to do revivals. And I think, I believe it was the first year of traveling when he looked at the income of his ministry and compared it to what he was making as a pastor, he said the income was so low, he was not able to really take care of his family well. And then he went to God in prayer. And he brought up Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. He said, Lord, your word says if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And the Lord said to him, you do not qualify for that scripture. He said, Lord... He said, yeah, you do not qualify for that scripture. You obeyed me, but you were not willing. You obeyed me by stepping out, resigning from that office, from that church, and you stepped out to travel to do revivals, but you did not do it with a willing heart. 
Because God sees the heart. And the heart means more to God than your action. And your action reveals your heart, by the way. So he said, I made the adjustment in my heart. And he said, Lord, now I'm willing. And that was the day the Lord taught him prosperity. Take a minute or two and talk to God. I pray there is a change today. I pray that you see the heart of God. I pray that you understand what this message is about. I pray. I pray. I pray that the change will be made. I pray that we, we stop taking God's things for granted. I pray that we stop taking the things of God with a casual, nonchalant attitude. Oh my goodness. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. My God, we, we've got only two hours and 30 minutes on Sunday. 11 a.m. till 1.30 p.m. So if you're coming at 12, that means all you've got is one hour, 30 minutes. And people come late and they want me to finish early. It's time to repent. It's time to repent. It's time to say, Lord, I changed my attitude. And oh, don't sit there and think, oh, pastor, all this stuff he's saying, he doesn't understand me. He doesn't understand my condition. Are you, give me a break. You want to talk about condition? I have, oh my goodness. Do you know what I've, kept, what I've come through? Condition. Condition. What condition? The price that we have had to pay. The road that we've had to, had to ply. The commitment that we've had to make. The adjustments that we've had to make. But I'm not here to say, I've done all this stuff in the past. Is, oh no, I'm going to do more. Because I'm, I'm never going to drop my commitment level. It's not going to happen. I'm calling on the church this morning. I'm calling on you today. To serve God with a totally complete heart. Purposefully. Now start thinking about God like you've never thought about God. He is first. Bring the Lord an offering that, that He deserves. That your life is a living sacrifice. And one of the things about a sacrifice, it's that it is not easy to give. That's why it's called a sacrifice. It hurts you. It's painful, but it's a sacrifice. I've heard people say, I was so tired. Then where is the sacrifice? The sacrifice is giving it even though you are tired. That's the sacrifice because it's a sacrifice. God said to Abraham, take your son and sacrifice him. You think it was easy? But it's a sacrifice. That's why it's a sacrifice. Present your bodies. As what? Living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Lord, we repent. 
Lord, we ask you to change us. Lord, we, 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 we commit. Lord, we give you the best from today. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us. Help us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eyes closed. Nobody looking around, please. Nobody talking. Nobody walking. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Today's message is about commitment. Today's message is about putting God first. Acknowledging God's place. If you're here, you're not born again. God is not first. Or if you're here, you're born again, but you're, you're dragging your feet when it comes to serving God. I mean, some of these things I just mentioned, like coming to church early and all this stuff. These things are important because your spiritual temperature is revealed by these attitudes. Your spiritual temperature is revealed by these attitudes. Winning souls. Bringing people to the Lord. So if you're not born again today, you can be born again. Number two, if your heart has become lukewarm. The, the Lord rebuked the church in the book of Revelation. You, you, you say, I'm rich. No, no, you are poor, you're wretched. That's the lukewarm church. Today, the Lord calls you to recommit. 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 And throw all the excuses out the window. They don't hold water with God. Throw them out. Throw them out. Today, you say, I want to come to Jesus. For the very first time or I want God to ignite a passion in my heart again for him. If that is you, lift your hands. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Thank you. I see your hands. Lift, lift them up. Don't be shy. Yeah, thank you. Stand on your feet right where you are. Stand on your feet. I want to come to Jesus today for the first time. Oh, I want him to ignite a fresh passion and fire in my heart. I want to rededicate my life to him. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand right where you are. You're not doing it for any man. You're doing it to the glory of God and he sees you. Thank you so much for standing. The rest of you can lift your heads and look at me. Those of you that are standing, can you make your way up here to the front, please? Just come stand facing me. Thank you, Jesus. Come, please. Just stand, face me. Line up, stand, face me. Praise God. Now lift your two hands to the Lord. Close your eyes and say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now and I ask that you forgive me all my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. And let me never be the same again. 
I confess with my mouth what I believe with my heart. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came in the flesh. He died. He was buried. On the third day, He rose again for my justification. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the devil. And I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. I believe with my heart what I confess with my mouth that I am now a child of God. I'll never be the same again. Lord, baptize me with passion and fire for you. Enough is enough. I will serve you with a full heart. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. Not my will. Let your will be done. Today is the day of decision. And I decide. Purposefully. Consciously. I will be faithful. Fully committed. 100%. To your church. To the things of God. To winning souls. In Jesus name. Thank you Lord. Amen. With your hands still lifted. Father I pray that over them. Now in the mighty name of Jesus. You see the hearts. You know. That they have prayed from the depth of their hearts. I'm asking in the name of Jesus. That you will strengthen them. And you will keep them. And Lord that you will help them. And that from this day forward, their commitment will go to a whole new level. Thank you, Lord. And I call each of them blessed. Everything that has stood in their way, I break it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I declare your goodness and your grace and your blessing upon them. And as they serve you from this day forward, you will serve them. As they put your house first and they put your kingdom first, you will put their business first. And Lord, you will raise them up for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Look at me. As a servant of the Most High God, based upon the confession you've made, the precious blood of Jesus, the awesome word of God, I want to say to each of you and all of you, all your sins are forgiven. Everything of the past is over. You are born again. You are restored. A new fire is in you right now. And you shall serve God with a whole heart. And see what God will do for you. Congratulations.